It's ham, the benchmark filling in the sandwich world. Never hated, never spectacular. Also, can be pretty healthy. Or, I hate ham and cheese sandwiches. While bad lunch meat is gross to me regardless of the type of meat, I find ham to have an unappealing texture that borders on rubbery. I love pork, but sliced ham is inedible in my world. This week on Joe Picks a Sandwich, the ham and cheese. We don't have any opening music, Joe. This is where our theme song should go. This is going to just be a weird first episode, but pretend there was good theme music there. I'm sure we'll get some eventually, but uh, thanks to Reddit user Bez the Spaniard for the pro-ham side of the, the argument, and uh, the Nest 8 for the anti-ham argument uh, in the intro there. So that's how we're getting started on Joe Picks a Sandwich. What do you think? Dan, we're back. And clearly, I had no idea we're talking about a very divisive sandwich. Uh, I think it, it's... It was the perfect place to start, Joe, because just for background, for somebody who might be coming into this completely blind, this is the third and I think final season of the Joe Picks series. I hope it's the final season. Now, it's got to be. But if you were just seeing Joe Picks a Sandwich, you would assume that probably the other two would have been related to, I don't know. Yeah, Joe Picks a dessert, Joe Picks a, you know, type of flan, whatever. (laughs) Joe picks his favorite cereal, but instead, the first season was related to you as a San Diego Chargers fan. They abandoned you, and now, Joe, I mean, (laughs) you picked a new NFL team, but the team you picked is sort of, you know, on the outs, and the Chargers are now flying high, so. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, well, that, that was the past. And then season two, wildly successful season, we, both American uh, soccer fans were very depressed that the U.S. men's national team didn't qualify for the World Cup. We picked, or you picked, but we both sort of went into it together after you made the choice, a new team to root for, which turned out to be Uruguay. And that was a delightful run, Joe. We, we couldn't have picked a better team. It was great. It yeah. was a great season and a great pick. It was a great, it was an absolutely great pick. It was such fun to watch. And then you know, we had joked about in the second season the concept of Joe Picks a Sandwich sort of as, uh, you know, uh, what a ridiculous thing to be picking after these two sports-heavy seasons. But, Joe, we went into our annual podcast uh, brainstorming session in Mexico, which we do every year, and we just didn't want to do anything else. This just seemed like a natural progression. I think it was clear from the beginning of our brainstorming session that Joe Picks a Sandwich was absolutely the right choice for season three. And really, you know, this whole podcast series hasn't been about football or about soccer, but it's about picking and about how we decide things. And I think, you know, you know, sandwiches are one of the most ubiquitous foods in America, maybe even in the world. But how do we choose, Dan? How do we choose which sandwich to eat? What sandwich is our favorite? I think that's what we're going to be talking about. And the the part I love about exactly based on what you're saying is it's not just about, you know, the Joe Pick series. No, you pick the NFL team. You pick that once and you probably are an NFL team fan for life or, or hopefully right. for a very long time. We right. pick the World Cup team maybe in 2022. The dynamics will be different. Hopefully the U.S. will be in. We'll be rooting for somebody different. But at best, you're picking once every four years. I literally am picking what sandwich I want to eat multiple times a week every week. Absolutely. This is a this is a choice that many people make daily in their lives. Definitely. And that as we go through this podcast series, like 
when we picked the World Cup team, it certainly changed the World Cup for me. That month was completely different. I was waking up early for the Uruguay oh, games. I knew the team. I was emotionally invested in it. When Uruguay won those games, I was I was not as excited as I would have been had the U.S. team won. But I was pretty darn close to that excitement. For it sure. was very exciting. But after the World Cup, you know, <laughs> I follow the guy on Twitter who posts about all the Uruguayan players, which is kind of fun. But it's not really impacting my life very much. But I feel like this podcast is it going change to change everything. Yeah, I think this is going to impact my life and hopefully the the lives of our uh, our listeners because one of the most fun things that happened in the last podcast is we sort of found things, whether it be uh, football teams, whether it be drinks, whether it be whatever. I mean, local food cuisines for various countries. We found things in the podcast series that we didn't even know we were thinking about or looking for that were just unexpected surprises and what i mean this podcast series is undoubtedly going to be rife with those kinds of surprises i know this is the first episode we have our categories we have the way that we want to judge a sandwich but i mean who knows who knows by episode 10 by episode 20 what what we're talking about and what we're judging sandwiches by i'm excited there's a world of possibilities here yeah and i mean joe i think we should just jump right into it and i think one of the great parts about this week's sandwich which we decided should be the the first sandwich because of its it, this is just a classic sandwich. I mean, I, I honestly don't think of when you think of sandwich, ham and cheese, if you're just what's the most common sandwich out there? What's the most classic sandwich? Like ham and cheese was it's got to be in the top 3 of any single person. Absolutely. It's it is it is like the 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 simplest most basic sandwich I think you could come up with. And And I think this goes into the first part of what we're going to do in diagnosing each week's episode is talk about our own histories with the sandwich. And, you know, Joe, I'm Jewish. I think you're Jewish. Ham was not a big part of my cuisine growing up, not because we necessarily kept kosher, but it's just it just isn't a food Jews eat a lot of. You know, we don't have a Christmas ham. We don't – I don't even know when people – is there an Easter ham? Yeah. I mean I think there's like an Easter ham, a Christmas ham. I think they do – I think if you're Christian, you do like a Thanksgiving ham with the wow. turkey. They just – they're a ham-loving people. <laughs> the hams every <laughs> holiday. They just – they're – I think it's part of church. You get like like the cracker and the wine and then like as you're leaving, they just hand you a ham as you walk out. Oh, look, I'll tell you, Joe. little ham on a cracker. That could be good. Hey, little little ham cracker and wine. You got a little party going. Boom. That's great. That's great. That's basically my night tonight, Joe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Dan, very similar for me. I didn't grow up getting ham sandwiches as a kid. I got turkey sandwiches quite a bit. But like my like stock, you know, you're throwing a few ingredients together sandwich was never a ham sandwich. Now, Joe, that, I actually saw this on the Reddit page, which if you're new to the podcast, we're, we'll describe all of this as it as it uh, as we go on with the episode, you know, where the feedback is, et cetera, where the Joe Picks community resides. But I saw you throwing out the term ham sandwich. And I in my research, Joe, a ham sandwich is different from a ham and cheese sandwich. You cannot say we we are going to be tacticians of the sandwich world, Joe, and just to say right off the bat, there are lots of variants of the ham and cheese. There are variants that are heated. There are variants that have eggs on top. There are variants that use croissants. There are variants that don't have cheese, but those are not what we are talking about in this episode. We are specifically talking about a ham and cheese sandwich. Two pieces of bread, ham, your choice of cheese, 
That's it. Not heated, cold, classic ham and cheese. Okay? I totally agree with you. A ham sandwich, and you know that that was a huge breach in in terminology because you're right. We have to be exact about our sandwiches here. Um, a ham sandwich is a category of which ham and cheese sandwich is a is a subset of that category. Correct. But ham sandwich is pretty broad. There's a lot of. I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of ham sandwiches. I mean, on this the podcast. ham sandwich family. I have no doubt through this podcast series, we're going to rejoin that. Uh, I mean, pr- countless times, pr- at least ten times, I'm sure. In the whole world, but the ham and cheese is almost, I mean, I could argue the ham sandwich is even simpler. Two pieces of bread and some ham, but the ham and cheese, I think, is is uh, is the classic. I mean, at a certain point, you're just putting ham in the palm of your hand and eating it. It's not even a sandwich. <laughs> Which, by the way, is, I mean, we'll discuss in this episode. I, I uh, There were some variants of the ham and cheese sandwich where I think the ham was really uh, the best part. But, Joe, we... absolutely. We can't get ahead of ourselves too much. Um, uh, just to just to get it out of the way, I think your history with the ham sandwich is very similar to mine. I, I mean, how many ham and cheese sandwiches do you think you had in you know growing up? I'll be honest. I think I think this week. I think this was my first ham and cheese sandwich. Wow. I don't wow. think I've had a ham and cheese sandwich before. Not. And look, we should both say that like we are not observant Jews. We do not. We we eat everything. It's true. So. I had no religious objection to eating a ham and cheese sandwich. However, I don't. I just don't think I've ever made one for myself. See, I I think my parents would have never made one for me. I would have never made one for myself. I I don't think we had sliced ham in the house, you know. However, uh, I this week, you know, just to and I think this is going to be an ongoing part of the podcast when we're diagnosing these sandwiches. I really tried to make a lot of different variants of the ham and cheese using different types of ingredients, different quality of ingredients. And I'll tell you, the classic ham and cheese with just ham and American cheese and bread, I took one bite of that and I was just like, I've had this sandwich 50 times. It's not a sandwich I would have ever made or my parents would have ever made, but it's just a sandwich that when you're at uh you know so when you're younger and you're at like a, a, a group meeting or whatever and they're like, oh, we have sandwiches. It's like, I'm telling That's you. That's what it is, a ham and cheese. Y- uh, yeah, you- you're right. I mean, I'm sure I've had one before, but 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 maybe and, and we'll get into this when we talk about the sandwich. It maybe it's just such an unmemorable sandwich that it's 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 why I can't even like remember a specific time when I've sat down and had a ham and cheese sandwich prior to this week. Yeah. Well, Joe, I mean, th- this is why I'm loving this podcast series. I'm so excited to talk about the sandwich, but Joe, we have a few things to get through before we really want to set the stage for this sandwich and we're going to do this for all sandwiches just to and the first way we want to understand is what is the history of this sandwich now for listeners of other other podcast series and again i'm when we do the normal episodes i'm not going to sort of explain all of the categories that much but when we did our prior podcast you know we looked at all these dimensions of again the countries for the world cup team and the, the nfl teams sometimes it was the categories just were full of exciting stuff that you never, uh, you know, we never expected. Sometimes it wasn't. And honestly, for the ham and cheese sandwich, the history is not all that exciting. According to Wikipedia, which, uh, and I went through some of the sources, there's no real definitive history. It wasn't invented by X, Y, and Z person. It's just that it seems like somewhere in England in the 17th century, somebody made a sandwich with the quote, remains of pig cured (laughs) and sliced with a topping of leicester cheese and a kiss of egg yolk which was a olden time olden days form of mayonnaise in a round bread roll 
The dish was called the Connolly, which was uh, named after the guy Patrick Connolly, who this particular thing was written about. So he may or may not have invented it. It seems that of the you know of the Wikipedia people out there, there that this is the first time they saw it mentioned uh, in literature. But we're we're talking about a you know two hundred fifty year old or so sandwich somewhere in uh, in England. I would love to just describe this as a remains of pig sandwich from now on. <laughs> well, as somebody you know who's like not familiar with ham, it is uh, you know. I don't even really know what ham is. I knew it's a pork product, but it's apparently it's the cured remains of pig. Yeah, you know, you, look, I think, and we should talk a little bit about this category, which we won't do every episode. But in the first episode, I think, you know, Dan, if you and I are going to pick our favorite sandwiches, the best sandwiches, and we're going to really be narrowing this down into what the best sandwiches are in the world for us. I think history is an important piece of it. I think having a sandwich with a good history, having a sandwich with a good story, certainly I think boosts my enjoyment of a sandwich, especially because these are just like fun trivia facts to know as you order a sandwich to be able to tell people like where it came from or what the story is behind it. Absolutely. That said, I think I can cut a little slack to something like the ham and cheese because it's sort of like it's basic nature. Like as soon as sandwiches exist – it's hard not to invent the ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> it's it's a good one. And it's it is very funny because as I was looking up, you know, history of the ham and cheese sandwich, there was like two articles about that in the entire internet, but there were like eight million articles about the history of the sandwich itself and talking about how the Earl of Sandwich basically came up with this idea of putting meat between two slices of bread, which is kind of funny to think about that's like, wow, somebody had to like come up with that. But I guess Somebody did, but then it is true. Once you've come up with that idea, oh my God, put meat and stuff in between bread. It does seem like the ham and cheese is not the most, you know, that the evolution there isn't having to go that many branches to come up with the ham and cheese. <laughs> right, right, right. It's not the first thing that gets invented after that, but it's like the third thing that gets invented. Definitely, after that. definitely. First, first, first thing is they put a piece of ham in there, and they're like, oh, that was good. <laughs> then the next one, they make one with a cheese in it, and they're like, oh, a cheese sandwich. This is pretty good. And they're like, hold on, guys. I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> and they I'm put t- it together what? and it's done. That that guy, Patrick yeah. Connolly, you know, maybe Patrick he was Connelly. the first, maybe he wasn't. People are like, Patrick, Patrick, don't, don't put both of those things in there. Stop. <laughs> You're like, fucking crazy, man. Oh my God, Patrick, ham and cheese. Oh my God. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And then they like all like, like cover their, their eyes. So they're like, not sure if he's going to explode. And then they see him like as a small smile creeps up, yeah. <laughs> creeps on his face and like, Oh, my God. Patrick, you just changed everything. Well, you know, he takes a bite and he's just like, eh, all right. That's yeah, pretty it's, good. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, as we uh, to the beginning, what uh, we want to do with all these sandwiches is we're going to sort of solicit feedback. And, you know, we want to, like, mix a really positive uh, version of what somebody thinks about the sandwich versus negative. And then as we go through the episode, Joe, you know, we're we're going to pick a side. We're, we're going yeah. to we're going to go through the categories and then. You know, the the point of the Joe Picks podcast series always is about picking. picking. Right. So these these sandwiches are either going to make the cut or they're not going to make the cut. And, you know, in later podcasts, we'll explain what the relevance of that is. But we don't need to get into that at the moment. Basically, the funny part about the ham and cheese was that I really, you know, first of all, we went in the subreddit and I think we had a variety of opinions about the ham and cheese. But I look all throughout the Internet and there are, I think, some negative opinions about the ham and cheese. Though, I, I think the one, you know, that I mentioned in the intro is probably one of the more negative ones that, that exists out there. 
but there really aren't that many positive ones. The ham and cheese sandwich seems to elicit, I would say, muted um, enthusiasm on both sides. Like, it just seems to be, you know, to your point about the third sandwich invented, it's like, after they invented it, they're like, oh, okay, we've got that one, but like, let's let's keep going here, you know? Yeah, and Patrick Connelly was like, come on, guys, guys, the ham and cheese, it's right over here. And they're like, uh, yeah, all right, we had it. It's great. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It is, I mean, I was sort of jokingly talking about it being a divisive sandwich because it's really not that, I mean, it's sort of like people hate it or they love it, but they're, but, but no one's passionately defending the ham and cheese and, and no one's saying it's the worst thing in the world either. Yeah. And after we talk about the history of the sandwich, the one thing we're going to go to next, and I think this is a very important category in a sandwich, and I think this will be for the ham and cheese what uh, one of the key aspects of this sandwich is just how easy it is to make. So the next thing we're going to look at in a sandwich is not only how easy it is to make, but if you are craving a ham and cheese sandwich, can you? Is this a sandwich that's available different places? And for starters, I just want to say we were in Mexico, you know, doing our <laughs> annual thing. Ham and cheese sandwiches were everywhere, Joe. Literally, like. You couldn't cross the street without finding a ham and cheese sandwich. Technically, it was a a, a jamón y queso sandwich. Well, if we actually want to get more technical, I believe they were variants on the ham and cheese. I don't think any – none of the ham and cheese I encountered were actually directly ham and cheese. Oh, the heated variant of the ham and cheese is very common, which I believe is a croque monsieur. Uh, There was uh, the one with croissants. But even still, if you're looking for ham and you're looking for cheese – you're going to find it everywhere. You're going to find it all throughout the world. Um, ham is everywhere. I, I was actually curious whether ham was the most common deli meat in the United States. And so I'll ask oh, is you, it? well, what do you think? The most common? No, I know. It's got to be turkey. I would say that it's number two, but I would bet it's the most common in like Spain and Mexico. Yeah. So it is the number two, but it is the number two much closer than I thought. Uh, uh, based on uh, a thing I looked at, I believe uh, the, the funny thing is I, I would cite something, but I believe the graph I looked at the source the source was a grocery store, so I was like, I don't know exactly <laughs> what that official source is. But uh, it did seem that thirty five percent or so of the lunch meat sold in the U.S. is turkey, but ham was at thirty one percent. Oh wow, so That's way closer than I would way think. Co- and then nothing, you know. Obviously, the third place was under ten. I mean, it's all those churches stocking up because you know they got, <laughs> they got the big the big Sunday rush. They need to hand out a lot of ham at the end of the day. Absolutely, you know, it's got that uh, religious subsidy right there. You know, Absolutely. it's well, well look you. If you have all these religions, like, if there were no Passover, nobody would be eating matzah. But, you know, all these Christian holidays, people are buying these giant hams. You know, they got to do something with the ham all the time. It's true. I mean, does every religion have their own meat? Like, is there, like, is there, like, a, like, I would say for Jews, it's, like, the, it's, like, either, like, the pastrami or, like, or, like, brisket, right? I think, yeah, I think brisket, I would say, is the the most Jewish of meat. So does every religion have a meat associated with it? I mean, Christianity's got to be ham. Oh, it's 100% the ham. I mean, I think that there's some kind of, like, goose tradition thrown in there, but, like, no one makes goose anymore. Let's see. Um, Hinduism. Well, they're be- not beef. Not beef, but I think because it's not beef, it would be, like, uh, uh, lamb. They eat a lot of lamb, I guess. I I feel like... I feel like Islam has like a has like a, has a good like corner on the lamb and goat market. Well, I'll bet Islam is definitely probably not ham. 
because I think. Oh no no I, no! You're not allowed to eat ham. Yeah, yeah yeah. No, I think that they have like they have like the lamb and goat kebab stuff like locked down. I mean, I, I'd actually be interested to see because you were making the point before about Europe and. Uh, Absolutely. Like I was looking at it. So the most well, Spain, common, it must be in Spain. Absolutely. absolutely. And I, I believe in England as well. I think ham is the most. But I think I think America has a weird obsession with Turkey that other countries do not have. And I think basically you go to these other countries or certainly in Europe and it's just the U.S. deli meat market, but just take the turkey out of there. So I think ham becomes the dominant number one in basically every European country. Totally. I think pigs are just easy to, like, grow and kill. They take up less space than other animals, honestly. I mean, my uh, pig raising story is that um, at at one time I worked at a company that um, employed people in the Philippines, and one of these employees wanted to borrow or wanted a loan of uh, $200, because he wanted to purchase a baby pig. And then he said, it's a great business model. You buy the baby pig for $200, you fatten it up. And then he says, you can sell a full-grown pig for $1,000. And um, Ugh, I, Yeah, I, but there's a lot of like, you like fall in love with it though. And also the well, food is expensive too. I mean, I, I don't think that was his plan. I think he was looking purely from a business perspective. But then I asked him and I said, what are you going to feed the pig? And he said, oh, I'll just feed it garbage. <laughs> I guess that's what slop is, right? You just feed it like – it's basically like composting. I mean I, I don't know. I I did not per- give him the loan, but somebody else did. But I think they gave him the loan more for uh, – This guy couldn't come up with $200. This, this sounds shady, man. Well, it's in the Philippines. You know, $200 – 200 American dollars is a lot uh, over there in the Philippines. But um, I was like, you got to feed the pig like protein or something. You know, it, 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 pigs grow quite a bit. But, you know – uh, I I don't know the ins and outs of the the industry though I do under I do think what you're saying is very true that I do think pigs are the type of thing that sort of can be raised everywhere uh, as opposed to beef which I think requires a lot more infrastructure. Okay, so on the topic of availability, let me just say first of all, I went out to a sandwich shop today and I got a ham and cheese sandwich. It wasn't even on the menu, but to the point about availability. I had no concern that they weren't going to be able to make me a ham and cheese sandwich because they have bread, they have ham, they have cheese. For sure. There were a little bit more choices than I thought there would be because I say like, okay, I want a ham and cheese sandwich. He's like, great. Well, what kind of cheese? And I'm like, well, shit. I didn't think about this part. But then I looked up online and it seemed like most of the recipes either had American cheese or Swiss cheese. So I went with Swiss cheese. Uh, and then he asked me if I wanted vegetables on it. So I got lettuce on it, mayo. I got some mayo. And then yep. he asked me if I wanted the bread toasted. And I thought, I kind of do, but it doesn't seem like the classic. You can't do it. Ham and cheese. So I said no. And I got it. And so like I said, on on the point of availability, it was very easy to find. And then I also, just to kind of double down on the research, made one at home to see how long it would take. And it took about 45 seconds. Yeah. I, I made... So in, in, to do my research show, I made a ham and cheese with good quality ham. I made a ham and cheese with bad quality ham. I made it with Swiss cheese, and I made it with American cheese. And I uh, tried a few condiments, though. I I just don't want to buy lettuce, Joe. Lettuce is such a – I'm not buying $3 worth of lettuce for, like, one thing, a sprig of lettuce. So even though I would have liked to put lettuce on there, I just couldn't do it for uh, economic reasons. But I did – 
put a tomato on there. I think you and, need to set aside a little lettuce budget for this podcast, Dan. <laughs> no, I'm not, it's just such a ripoff. <laughs> Can't do it. I mean, sometimes in my backyard during the summer, I'll grow lettuce because then I could just go out there and like rip off a leaf. You should ask and, your grocer if they'll just sell it by like the single leaf. So you can just go down, rip off one t- tiny piece of lettuce, like just enough for one sandwich. And look, I mean, you know, I mean, they'll probably just give it to you for free, Dan. Well, they do actually sell it by the uh, – you can – they have like bags or, you know, like loose leaf lettuce. But then one time I bought some of that and then made a salad and then got sick. So now I just will never have that again. But you know, Dan well- – was it romaine, Dan? Because that shit will kill you. <laughs> it was romaine. <laughs> don't don't eat romaine, Dan. If our podcast look the PSA time right now, no one eat romaine. No, no romaine. If the recipe so. calls for it. We don't want we don't want to be blamed. If you are listening to this podcast and want to try a ham and cheese sandwich, don't put romaine on it. Yeah, when I give the direction, so another part of this is we're going to go over the uh, the health of the the sandwich and just go over the components. And that's going to be the official sandwich of what I give the nutritional effects for. I'm going to make sure never to put in any controversial components, you know? So, so, so on this point with lettuce, Dan, you know, sometimes at the grocery store, they like have like six packs of soda or whatever, but then you see like some industrious person has just taken one can out because they just want a can of soda. I hate those people. I mean, sometimes I'll get, if I'm in the beer aisle and I'll pick the six pack of beer and then it's like, oh, they've taken the one in like the back corner that I didn't see. Ugh, so annoying. But my point is, They'll still sell it to you. They they still sell it the one beer to that person. So I'm saying go up to a head of lettuce, pull just one piece off, and just say this is I I don't want the whole thing. I want just this one piece. Say I'll pay twenty five cents for this. Yeah, they'll just prorate it down. I'm like, okay, the cost of the of the head of lettuce and that you know each head has maybe like thirty pieces on it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like you. You you snack your way through the grocery store. I'm I'm very rigid, Joe. I I do not eat or consume or touch or separate the food until I have purchased it and it is like on my person outside of the supermarket. Oh no, I I shop in a very participatory way. It's like a hands-on <laughs> experience. I know. You'll like pick something up, eat half of it, leave it somewhere else in the grocery store. Yeah, they don't mind. Um, look. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So good union jobs, this sandwich, super easy to find, super easy to get, uh, super easy to get at a, at a restaurant and very quick to make very quick to make. And, and I'll just dovetail right into what I consider the, uh, the, the benchmark version of this sandwich and exactly what the components of it looked like and what the health facts were. And then we can just get into our experiences with it. So I looked online and Basically, I came across a mayonnaise website, and they had the recipe for the classic American ham and cheese. And this looked like, to me, the simplest, you know, um, best, you know, benchmark variant. And so I based uh, one of them on that, and I took the, the health information. So it's two slices of bread, which are run 110 calories each, Joe, 220 calories for that bread, mostly carbs, three slices of ham. Now, for this particular benchmark sandwich, I used Oscar Mayer boiled ham. Really great, great uh, sound. You know, it really should work on that, like, sales pitch. You know, all the uh, the fancier ham always has, like, some nice, some name that sounds good, you know, blank, blank roasted or with some flavor. But this just says boiled anything says, sounds bad. It just says boiled ham on the front of it, which is really got to do a lot better than that. But three slices of ham that comes in at 70 calories. One slice of American cheese, 60 calories. One tablespoon of mayo, 90 calories. So put that all together. The sandwich is 440 calories, 
17 grams of fat, 22 grams of carbs, 18 grams of protein, which, to be perfectly honest, is actually quite a balanced sandwich. Um, most of the protein comes from the ham. Uh, almost all of the fat comes from the mayo. And, uh, the, you know, the cheese uh, gives a little bit of everything. Of course, all the carbs coming from the bread. So if you have a particular diet where you're trying to avoid one of those things, it's actually this particular sandwich, you can just make it in a way to get exactly what you want. I mean, if you just want protein, I guess you could just eat the ham and cheese. If you're trying to avoid fat, don't put the mayo. If you're trying to avoid carbs, don't use the bread or use some other type of thing. So, um, you know, that's that's the basic version. But as you were saying, this the variants, uh, there are lots of different types of hams. And as you said, lots of different types of cheeses. And I mean, you know, you know, I guess if you think about like the, the, the average like daily caloric intake for for a, a man of our age is about, you know, whatever, 2000 calories, you know, give or take, yeah. um, you know. If, if this is your meal, if this is your lunch or your dinner or whatever, like 440 is not really that bad. Oh, certainly not. 440 calories, a bag of chips on the side, if that's what you want. It's like a pretty you normal know, you'd be lunch. Looking at, yeah. Definitely. I, I mean, I would honestly say it's it's a pretty light lunch. I mean, it, I, I eat normally pretty uh, big lunches. I, I, I'm, you know, everybody's different. I normally have a very light breakfast or sort of a really big lunch and then maybe a smaller dinner. I mean, my lunch is probably at least twice as many calories as this, pr- probably more. But, you know, I'll have a, a very small breakfast that has almost no calories, so. Well, on this health point, though, Dan, when you ate the ham and cheese sandwich, did you feel, like, satisfied afterwards? Did you feel full? Um, when I ate the the best version of the sandwich that I would have, which also is the biggest one, where I, I really put a lot of ham on there, uh, I definitely, I mean, I in that version of the sandwich, I probably had, like, six or seven slices of ham, and it, it wasn't the, um, I think the boiled ham is actually much leaner than the mm. one I got from the deli. The one I got from the deli, you know, didn't have the nutritional information, but... You know, after having that sandwich with some chips on the side, you know, I, I felt very satisfied by that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I I had the same feeling. I actually didn't get anything on the side, and I for lunch today, I didn't even finish the the whole sandwich. It was like a, it was a nice. I mean, I sent you a picture of it. It was like a nice size sandwich. Definitely De- that version of the sandwich. You know, the 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 benchmark version of the sandwich. I'm talking it was is less than half as much ham as you would put on that sandwich and that if you were building yourself a sandwich that you wanted to be a satisfying sandwich three slices of that boiled ham right. totally. i mean it's obvious it's 70 calories worth of ham it's not it's really not that much so i mean i would say overall when we're talking about the the benchmarks by which we're judging these sandwiches this one is pretty pretty easy to find out pretty easy to make and like not terribly unhealthy for you Absolutely, and so we're so, just so far so about, good with the ham sandwich. I, I, I mean, I we're just say. talking about the basics of yeah. of the sandwich, and all the fundamentals are there. I mean, again, th- this sandwich, like this, is a classic for a reason, and I think all of this goes in. It, you couldn't have a sandwich be a classic if it was really hard to make, or you couldn't really find it that many. <laughs> really places. hard to make, super unhealthy, and can't find it at any restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, this is a classic for for and and to be perfectly honest, I think. It's a classic more so for those reasons than anything else. And I think the the really important part of this sandwich, I mean, Joe picks the sandwich is going to be all about looking everything in totality. And and Joe, now I think we should get into the, uh, no pun intended, the meat of, of this discussion here by looking at our two categories that really are going to talk about how we enjoyed this sandwich, which is the, the cleanliness slash do you look cool? when eating this sandwich, and then uh, how the sandwich tastes. 
I think these are two really important categories. I would say on the first piece of it, this is not a messy sandwich. I look pretty cool eating. And in fact, at my lunch today, it was like a kind of a work meeting. Like I had my laptop there. We were talking about work stuff. I was eating the sandwich and I didn't feel like, you know, there's a lot of sandwiches and a lot of foods for that matter that I couldn't have really done that with. Like if we were next door to this sandwich place, there's like a pho restaurant. Yeah. I couldn't have eaten pho and like had this work meeting. It, yeah. it felt like a very compact, self-contained sandwich. Yeah. And, and I'll add to that. I really hate stickiness on my hands. This is a sandwich. There's no risk of that. Nothing's fallen out of the sandwich. There's no offensive odor it's creating. You know, I was on a plane and the woman next to me was eating like beef jerky. You know, like <laughs> when you pull out beef jerky, everybody on a plane within six rows of you is like annoyed. But if huh. you pull out a ham sandwich, I don't think, you know, I guess, you know, the the deli meat smell will there. But it's not it's not an offensive deli meat smell. It's just people would be like, oh, that person's eating. You and know. it's not an open face sandwich. So even that is sort of contained. Absolutely. So it's so it's clean. I think it. I, you know, I don't know if it's the coolest looking sandwich because it's sort of like pedestrian. People are like, oh, what sandwich is that guy eating? Oh, a ham and cheese. It's like not like, you know, you don't win any style points for it, but it's definitely not messy. It's certainly it's not an iconic sandwich. I think the ham and cheese would, from that perspective, if you're eating the ham and cheese sandwich, and I looked at you from across the room, I don't know what you're eating. You could there are ten different sandwiches that that all. Are the this, this simple combination of some sort of deli meat, some kind of, of cheese. cheese, and then one piece of lettuce, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. a piece of lettuce if you're if you're just ripping it off at the grocery store and you're not buying the whole goddamn head of lettuce and not getting ripped off like that because you know that lettuce just rots in your fridge, Joe. Why don't There's, you eat, make make a, make a salad, Dan? No, what I don't want to. What's wrong with you? I don't want to make a salad. <laughs> There's and, lots you know, of things to do with lettuce. I don't like the same lettuce I like on a sandwich is not the lettuce I want in a salad. I'll, I want like spinach leaf or whatever in a salad. That's the lettuce I like, but I, I don't want that on a sandwich. You know, I want a nice crispy piece of like iceberg lettuce. You know, you can't touch romaine lettuce anymore. These oh, make days. a nice little wedge salad with that when you're done. Sounds perfect, no, Dan. No, it's just it just rots. And then it's like you, by the time it rots, it like melts in your fridge. And then it's like you don't even want to touch it anymore. Season four, Dan picks a salad is going to be a smashing success. Well, we <laughs> We got us to focus on season three first, which at this uh, at this point has an indefinite timeline, and we haven't even gotten through the first one. But I'll tell you, Joe, from just from the perspective of again cleanliness slash looking cool, it, it's it is I mean inoffensive is sort of the word. It's ubiquitous. It's inoffensive. It's but it's it's again all of those things for a reason. There are no sticky fingers, no offensive odors, no problem. I mean, put it in a Ziploc bag, put this thing in the fridge. That's another test I did. Boom. This sandwich holds up like it, there's there's no part about it that, you know, uh, one part needs to be hot versus another part being cold. Everything's fine to put the whole sandwich in the fridge. No problem. OK, so here's here's some questions for you. Could you eat this sandwich on a roller coaster? <laughs> I, I don't know why you would, but absolutely. Uh, OK. OK. Would you eat this sandwich? Would you eat this sandwich on a first date? <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> You have to take me through it, but okay. I'm imagining, okay, I'm, I'm having a coffee date. We're at Starbucks, and I'm feeling a little hungry. And and she says, hey, you know, let's get sandwiches. You know, have a light lunch. Let's get a sandwich. They have a ham and cheese behind the counter. I, I think you could buy that ham and cheese sandwich going with your coffee. You know, to your point about the work meeting, I think you could eat a ham and cheese sandwich on a date. I, I don't think... You know, I don't think you're gaining any style points. I don't think you're losing any style points. Okay, would you eat this sandwich at a funeral for a a, a an acquaintance, not a close friend? Now, uh, what religion are they? I think this is very important. 
<laughs> really important. Uh, they they um, they grew up Episcopalian, but they themselves were were agnostic. It's non-denominational well, if, service. If they're non-denominational, I think it's a slam dunk. I think no problem with ham and cheese. Honestly, I think if they're Christian, everybody's probably eating ham and cheese. Well, I, mean, I think if they're Christian, we've already established it just gets handed out when when you when you walk in. But if it's a Jew or uh, a oh, Muslim, don't do you it. Don't don't do it. <laughs> do, 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 you you pull out that ham and cheese sandwich. Crime. Yeah, I remember once in uh, in in synagogue, somebody once came to synagogue and, and opened a you know they had like a Wendy's bacon cheeseburger. It's not oh, a no. good look. No. You can't, you can't no. do that. <laughs> Rabbi was not pleased. So I think I think the ham and cheese sandwich is really it can be eaten. I think almost anywhere on a roller coaster at a funeral. As long as we're talking about good, all-American, God-fearing Christians. All right. Well, let's talk about the taste, Dan. Let's get into it. All right. I mean, Joe, you you had one made at a store, which I think I only made my own. So I think when when you got a professional ham and cheese, I mean, did they offer any recommendations? I know they peppered you with questions, but did they did they say, oh, I, you know, this is this condiment is good, this uh, vegetable is good, or did they sort of just like defer to you? No, no. The guy, the guy said, "Do you want any vegetables?" And he was like, "What do you mean?" Well, I said, "Like, not what do you mean?" I said, "I said like what?" And he said, "Like, oh, I, like you know, tomato, onion, lettuce." And I was like, "You know, I'll just go with lettuce because the tomato, onion felt like I was then creating a new sandwich." Um, yeah. And then he said mayo and mustard, and I was like, "Just mayo," but I was I I hesitated on that. Uh, so look, it was. I mean, I just wanted to go as basic as possible: mayo, ham, Swiss cheese. And I would say, look, I mean, maybe we should have picked a more exciting sandwich for our first episode, but I would just say it was like, it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't great. It didn't, it didn't like knock my socks off, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad. You know, I'm not a big ham eater like we talked about. And sometimes ham is like a little too like smoky for me as like a deli meat, but but the ham tasted fine. It, It, you know. It just reminded me kind of of a turkey sandwich, like a plain normal turkey sandwich, but it tastes, it was a little bit more hammy than that. It, I would just say it was fine. It's it's very interesting you say that because when I, I went to the deli counter, because I was going to have two versions of the, the sandwich, the, the one with the Oscar Mayer, Oscar Mayer boiled ham and American cheese. But to your point about your cheese preference, I like Swiss cheese. Uh, I, you know, I... I hadn't had American cheese in a long time, so I didn't know what my opinion was, but I know I like Swiss cheese. So I was like, for my first version, I'm going to go to the deli counter, get some good ham. So I actually asked her, I said, you know, can I get some ham? And she's like, well, which kind do you want? And, you know, it's very good, this boar's head meat, very good deli meats. And I said, well, which type of ham do you think is best for a ham and cheese sandwich? And she directed me to this Black Forest oven roasted ham. I had Black Forest ham for the one I made at home. Yeah. Well, there, and, and I got a third of a pound of it. And then I got some Swiss cheese, and then I got a tomato, and I made to myself the the like best version of it. Again, it would have lettuce, but I've already explained why there wasn't lettuce. Is there a specific black forest that these are coming from? Like, what is the black forest? I don't know, but I, I do wonder is if these pigs are running around in this nice black forest. Like, how are they hunting them? You know, I I think it's it's is there just I, like a pig infested forest somewhere? Well, I think basically where Oscar Mayer went horribly wrong calling their ham boiled ham, I feel like the Black Forest people, they, I think they just you know, went a little too ambitious. You know, they're creating a world where it's like, obviously, 
this ham isn't coming from like some mystical place where the pigs are running around. It's much better marketing than boiled. Boiled ham is not does not sound good. I mean, there you have to argue that it's working. If this is what the woman at the deli kind of directed me to, and this is what the the sandwich. I mean, honestly, they might have just figured it out. You know, there. I literally, when I was picking the hams, there was just it said like one just said uncured ham, and the other one said black forest ham, and I was like, well, you know, this one hasn't even been cured yet. <laughs> I mean, I what is with the market? I mean, I wonder if the ham. There's just something about it where it's like uh, the 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 people just aren't in the like modern age of how to like market, uh, how to make something sound appealing because it's like maybe they're marketing to the older. You know, we know that younger Americans are much less religious and older Americans, so maybe they're they're marketing to the the Fox News generation of old Christians, and they just you know they just want their simple. A boiled i mean i just can't um, why does the package say boiled ham has there is there anything <laughs> that says boiled on it that's like good i mean i guess if you're buying hard boiled eggs or like no i mean but even even that i'd that's rather disgusting. buy i'd rather buy black forest eggs <laughs> you? I, I would definitely rather buy black forest eggs okay so so according to bing the black forest the black forest is a mountainous region in southwest germany bordering france known for its dense evergreen forests picturesque villages it is often associated with brothers Grimm's fairy tales oh that sounds great i I mean it's it's great market i mean i honestly what they did is they it's exactly what the picture i had in my head is it it was like a grim fairy tale and that's i mean they should corner the ham market talking pigs with german accents asking to be eaten (laughs) absolutely Oh, take a bite of me. Oh, that was delicious, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a great German accent, but that's okay. <laughs> Please, take a bite of me. No, no. That's that's uh, my Italian accent. Anyways, we'll save that for an Italian-based sandwich. I'll tell you, that sandwich with the Black Forest ham, the Swiss cheese, the mayonnaise, it's exactly what you said it was. Like, it didn't knock my socks off. This wasn't the type of sandwich that I took a bite of it and I was like, wow, this is like a great sandwich. But I didn't take a bite of it. I honestly didn't know the last time I had ham. So when I, I didn't, I honestly didn't even know what ham tasted like. And I took a bite of it and I was just like, oh, this is fine. Well, now, now, now here's a question for you. Here, here's, here's an important distinction about the sandwich. You now, probably like me, have these ingredients sitting in your fridge. Correct. Will you make another ham and cheese sandwich? After after the recording's done, whatever we decide about the ham and cheese is, is in the books. Are you just going to toss the ham, or are you going to make another sandwich? I ate all of the Black Forest ham. That was it. Okay. I, it was on two separate sandwiches. Uh, the boiled ham, uh, I don't know, and and this will dovetail right into my second experience. So I thought that sandwich was fine. It, you know, it, it's like to me a replacement level sandwich. You know, I, I have nothing against it. I think lettuce would have helped it, but again, didn't have the lettuce, but. I, I honestly, I, I would say I was pleasantly surprised by the ham. I, I you know, I, the, the smokiness of it, I don't mind in a deli meat. But it's still, the ham and cheese sandwich is such a simple sandwich. Um, and, you know, obviously as we go through these series, we'll, we'll be making more simple sandwiches, more complicated sandwiches. I don't exactly know where this is going to rank among the simple sandwiches, but I, I would not go to a sandwich shop where I'm not making the sandwich and ever ever buy this. It's it's just it's just too basic for me. And when I made the version with the American cheese and the boiled ham, let me tell you, 
I I had fond memories of American cheese about Kraft singles. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. I, it is, it is. American it's not even cheese. really cheese. It's like plastic, right? It's awful. Like I <laughs> I remember growing up and like eating pieces of American cheese. Like yeah. I liked it. I I made grilled cheese sandwiches with American cheese. I actually just because the smallest container of Kraft singles was twenty four pieces. I actually made myself a grilled cheese sandwich, which again certainly will come up at some point in this series. And I'm not even previewing well, Dan, anything. You know, you could have just opened up the package and just taken like two up to the front counter, and they would have to buy <laughs> those too for like nine cents <laughs> exactly. You know, you know that American Kraft singles are are bad when like you know how they come in that little plastic wrapping. Yeah. Like sometimes you might take a bite of it with the plastic wrapping on and not really notice for like a while until you're like, oh, I still have plastic in my mouth. Also, the plastic wrap is so annoying to deal with. It's really it, it creates craft a, singles. It, it creates more trash than it should. I made the grilled cheese the night before with these craft singles, which again was annoying to deal with with the plastic. And you get the twenty four pack. You got to open it. You got all the pack. I love grilled cheese sandwiches. I took one bite of the grilled cheese sandwiches. Like I can't eat this. It is American cheese is. So sweet and like gross. I I don't even know. It's just not what I expect cheese to taste like. And maybe this is why I liked it when I was younger because it was much sweeter. But when I had it in this ham and cheese sandwich, the ham is fine. The American cheese is awful. Like it is disgusting. I I, I did choke it down. I would not. I mean, I'm gonna just gonna throw away the the twenty craft singles I have left. <laughs> I, I don't want them. It, American cheese is awful, and it's it's honestly a shame that the ham and cheese sandwich, as you know, the the mayonnaise website had said, and even other websites even associate ham with American cheese because it is doing a massive disservice to the ham. So I I ran my own experiment with the ham and cheese sandwich, Dan, in which I made made a ham and cheese sandwich tonight, and I cut it into four pieces and gave one to each of my three children and then one to your sister, my wife. Wow. To see what they would think of it. Uh, so, this is good. On the ground research here. Absolutely. So my youngest daughter, the two-year-old, uh, deconstructed it, ate it in this order, first the cheese, then the ham. And then, this was with Swiss cheese. Then the bread. Yes. With Swiss cheese and black forest yeah. ham. And she seemed to like it. Uh, my middle daughter just ate the ham out and said the ha- she took a bite of the whole thing, but then she said the ham's the only good part. That, I, I, mean, I would out. say it's surprising because she has vegetarian tendencies, I would she say. She does, but she liked the ham. And then uh, my oldest daughter ate it and seemed to like it. And then I asked my middle and oldest daughter, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs sideways. Middle daughter said thumbs sideways. Oldest daughter said, thumb sideways, but slightly up and did it kind of at a diagonal. And then yeah, your sister, Liz, ate it and said, this is amazing. This is great. <laughs> but then she qualified it that, you know, she's trying to drop a few pounds because of our trip to Mexico where we were eating and drinking every day. Um, and uh, she hadn't had carbs in 18 hours. So she said it was really just the bread that she was interested in. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, it is a type of sandwich that if made in the lean way, I think the bread is is really 
it's really just bread with a little tiny bit of stuff in there. It was a bread delivery service for her at that point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Look, as the Earl of Sandwich originally intended. So I would say my verdict on the taste and on the mouthfeel in general is that it was just sort of mediocre. It was fine. It was fine. Yes. Fine is the the answer. Though I will say, just to add one thing to, to super fan Karsten's point about the sandwich, it's sort of a low variant sandwich. I know you had the bad version, but like if you get the right ingredients, the right kind of cheese, the right kind of ham, you you can't really fuck it up. I mean, Joe, I didn't. The boiled ham was fine, and and honestly, to answer your question, since I have uh you know four or five slices of that boiled ham, I think tomorrow I'll just put it with some Swiss cheese, put some mayo on it, and it's fine. I'm fine. yeah. It's 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 not like the American cheese is going straight in the trash can. This sandwich will never be great, but it will never be terrible either. I think even the boiled variant of ham, like whatever this Oscar, and and I think the Black Forest, uh, whatever from the deli was was a significant upgrade. But at the same time, I think the boiled whatever version, it's it's really not bad. Like it is, it's a very inoffensive. I, I mean, I think part of the reason. This sandwich is the the sandwich, you know, if you go, uh, one of the stories on Wikipedia I really liked a lot when they were talking about the history of the sandwich was saying it was from a, a woman's log who had come to Ellis Island in the, the, I think, 1917 or something like that. And she was like, when I came to Ellis Island, I expected the conditions to be horrible. But, you know, we were in there. They came aqu- they came around with a cart and gave us all ham and cheese sandwiches. And the ham and cheese sandwich was pretty good. And it's like, you know... Welcome to America. Like, Here's a ham and cheese. But you could understand from her perspective, if she's been in the, this boat traveling, has no idea what the new world's like, and you get this ham and cheese sandwich. I mean, it's sort of like uh, my sister, you know, when you when she's uh, got her carb binge. You're never going to eat this sandwich and just be like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Again, as long as there's not American cheese in there, which I'm sure wasn't invented back then. They probably used real cheese. This is a sandwich that if you like sandwiches or if you're starving after a transatlantic voyage – this is it's you'll be happy. You're not going to be unhappy eating the sandwich. Absolutely. Especially if you've been on a ship for like two months. All right, Dan, what's the next category now for this was the same with our countries and this is the same with our NFL owners, but we're translating it to sandwiches, Joe. We want to look at, you know, the, the factors of the sandwich, not not only the, you know, the taste and whatnot, the, but the preparation, the health, the history, etc. We also sort of have to delve a little deeper and see, you know, maybe uh, what's on the dark side of this sandwich. Because look, Joe, we're, we're conscious consumers. Absolutely. I mean, no one wants their favorite sandwich to be something that is like catastrophic to the world or has a war-torn history. It's like, what's like the blood diamond of sandwiches? We don't know. Absolutely. We don't know. And I mean, we, we're going to find out. And, and Joe, uh, you know, people might say, what qualifications do we have for reviewing sandwiches? And to that, I would say, well, I think, Joe, you're very good at picking things, as we've proven. I, I'm, I'm an expert picker. But other than that, I mean, we eat sandwiches, but neither of us are chefs, you know, neither of us are cooks. But again, how many sandwiches do you make a week? Me? I mean, I make sandwiches like I make... Like 30 sandwiches a week because I'm making yeah. lunches for my kids all the time. So you're certainly, you know, we, we both, I think, have a, I mean, eh, I guess from your perspective as a as a father, it's a, it's almost semi-professional. I mean, you're you're metering these sandwiches. I have it as, as sort of a, a hobbyist view, but I'll tell you. For I this, make as many sandwiches per week as like a very unpopular deli. 
<laughs> it would have to be basically the level unpopular. I'm at. Very unpopular. Three sandwiches a day. Yeah. It's not going to be a business to that long. No, no. But for this category, Joe, boy, we've got an actual expert in the field. So this category, which we've entitled, Is This Sandwich a Monster? This is done by superfan Josh PhD, which people will note from our uh, – he was a contributor to our – Fan Emeritus Josh, season. yes. Fan Emeritus Josh, who literally wrote an entire book about the history of the food industrial complex in the United States. Uh, this book, Red Meat Republic – it's uh, it's mostly related to beef, and by the way, it's coming out in May of 2019. But Josh, he's a he's a, a, a historian. He's a food historian. Food, he's a food historian who has written a book about you know about uh, the beef industry, and by proxy, he knows everything about basically the entire food industry, the history of it in the United States. I would and- I would I would argue there is no better person in the northern or southern hemisphere of this planet. To give us an answer on this question. Yeah. And look, he occupies both of those hemispheres all the time as he commutes in between Australia Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and South Bend, Indiana. So he has weighed in. Now, I did give him instructions that it's like, I'm sure he could uh, give us the, the graphic detail, which, and that's not what we want. We're not, we don't want to take away everybody's appetite. And look, we all know. This bad shit is going on in the food industrial complex. And when we read Josh's book, we're going to learn all about it. But for, for this podcast, we're just getting the, you know, the, the high level view. So, you know, everybody, you don't have to skip this section. It's going to it's going to be over in a hurry. But it is going to give us a little bit more depth to make our decision about the sandwich because it's not just about the taste, Joe. It's there's we care about this aspect of the sandwich. No, I mean, look, look, I don't want to feel guilty every time I order the sandwich, whatever Absolutely. sandwich it is. Absolutely. So here we go. Is the ham and cheese a monster? Josh, PhD says, for something with meat in it, the ham and cheese is relatively benign. Regarding ham, the environmental impact isn't nearly as bad as beef. On the other hand, pigs are really smart, so if you get some cheap ham, feel bad for the little guys. Maybe buy artisanal ham. On the monster scale, which Josh has invented for this podcast series... And we don't know what this the, the scale is going to go to, but he, he gives it a gremlin. Oh, okay. So it's like a lovable, cute monster. Yeah, I, I think so. It is don't this, feed it after midnight. And you don't want to see it on the wing of your plane. No, but, no. you know, if, if you see a gremlin walking around town, you know, it's no big deal. You might, you might cross and walk on the other side of the street, but you're not going to freak out. Joe, not, not in 2019, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you do not cross the street. Just mind your own business. Look at your phone. It's fine. Put your headphones in and just keep on walking. Yeah, but, you know, keep a keep a lookout. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. It's not bad at all, Joe. Though I will say I do, I do feel guilty about pigs. Like, if I think about it, pigs are so much – they are as smart, if not smarter, than dogs. But we basically just sort of – like, cows are dumb. Chickens are definitely dumb. And turkeys are, like, dumber than all of them, and they're kind of jerks. So, like, I don't feel – and fish are, like, practically vegetables. But, like, pigs are, like, pretty <laughs> smart. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 think, uh, I think Josh's point is very true. I, I, 
I look, I don't know the the exact intelligent levels. I you know, I'm sure all of them display very complex behavioral traits and you know, at, at some point Joe, I don't I don't know if that's what this podcast should be about. Like I I I think eating a pig obviously we should feel bad about it. And but, you know, I, I don't want to delve into that, Joe. Well, I, I mean, look, 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 you're right. We don't need to delve into it too much. It's a factor, obviously. Like, if, if there was a human sandwich, we would have to talk about how, like, well, it's great, but, like, we're eating a we're eating a dude. Yeah, but the availability of that, Joe, is always going to be trouble. <laughs> I mean, it's delicious, though. I know, but, Joe, it's, it's uh, the most dangerous game. <laughs> Okay, so so look, this sandwich is not so bad. Yeah, I mean, other than what you're saying, like, I, I this is not, it's not a guilt-free sandwich. I certainly throughout this podcast series, we're going to eat sandwiches that contain uh, no meat, and yes. we'll certainly, I mean, even within those, though, I think there's still going to be some environmental concerns, but you know, which I'm sure Josh will will help us figure out. But I'm sure there is. A 100% guilt-free sandwich which exists. And which, this is not that. This is the not the guilt-free sandwich. I mean, it, it's in double directions. It's got the ham and the cheese. I think Josh avoided the cheese because, um, you know, cheese is probably, you know, certainly more uh, humane. And, and uh, you know, cheese isn't the main part of the sandwich. But, you know, it, but as Josh said, on the scale, I, I think I think he's done for, for a, a meat-based sandwich, which I think – you know, I was looking at the stats on meats, uh, you know, when I was seeing what the most common meats. Boy, Americans eat a lot of meat. So, you know, I guess if, you're, if your choice is a beef-based sandwich uh, and you choose ham, you know, you're, you're probably doing something better for the environment. At least, so I will if, say on environmental impact, though, if you think about the ham and cheese with mayonnaise on it, it is sort of interesting that you have – Essentially, if you want to do the farm-to-table version of that, you need three different kinds of animals. You need the pig for the ham, the cow for the cheese, and the chicken for the egg to make the mayonnaise. So you kind of like there, – there's a lot of animals involved in this. Definitely. I mean that's the food industrial complex, Joe. Yeah. It, it is a multi-animal sandwich is my only point. Definitely, definitely. But I think every sandwich will be. Certainly everyone with mayonnaise. Well, I guess not everyone, but most right. of them. Well, anyway. Anyway, that's good. It's not so bad. All right, Joe. Well, with that category out of the way, we, we're going to get real for the is a sandwich a monster category. But then before we make our final verdict, this is something we did in both of our past seasons. But I think it's going to apply more to the sandwich category than it did for even the past seasons, which is the celebrity Bing search, Joe. I want you to put this sandwich into Bing. And figure out celebrity stories, how they relate to the sandwich, because I think that all of these sandwiches are going to have celebrity connections that actually could strongly impact. I mean, Joe, you love celebrities. You know, I love celebrities. And, you know, you know, I want to know what celebrities are eating these sandwiches. And not just eating. I mean, what celebrities are being seen with these sandwiches? I mean, Joe, a sandwich. I've been assured by Us Weekly that celebrities are just like us. They're definitely just like us. And and the way a celebrity interacts with a sandwich, I think, tells us not only a lot about the sandwich, but also a lot about the celebrity. And Joe, I'll tell you, you have very strong opinions about your celebrities. So I, I really think that based on which celebrities are liking which sandwich, I honestly think it can make your opinion change 180 degrees. Here's, here's what we're going to do for this. I'm not going to, you know, dive deep and figure out who's who's – favorite sandwich is what because you know that's hard you know you see someone like eating a sandwich once and suddenly every magazine thinks it's their favorite sandwich i'm just gonna do a bing search 
for celebrities with the sandwich and see what comes up. Remember, Joe, this, this segment's uh, sponsored by Bing. They're the ham sandwiches of, of, <laughs> of, of search engines. <laughs> hey, okay. look, Joe, maybe that's a compliment. Maybe that's great. Dan, oh my God. L- listen to these stories about the ham and cheese sandwich. A story only 14 hours old. <laughs> what? Melissa McCarthy at the Golden Globes last night handed out 30 ham and cheese sandwiches on the red carpet. Oh, well, what did the celebrities think of the ham and cheese? Celebrities are just like us, Dan. Wait a second. This is like what you did with your children. Do you, Wait, Joe. Do you think Melissa McCarthy is making competing podcasts to our own and her segment is just like, instead of your children, she's like, I gave a ham and cheese sandwich to Tom Cruise and here's what he said. She says, I mean, she's obviously doing something with sandwiches. L- listen to this. I've been handing them out to everyone, the actress told Variety. Next year, I'm bringing hot dogs. Jessica Chastain. How did she get them in here? Jessica Chastain says, but it's a good idea. She adds, because by the time you get into the ballroom, dinner has already been served and you're always so hungry. Wait a second. Jessica Chastain. That sounds like an endorsement of the ham and cheese sandwich. Jessica, it's Jessica Chastain's favorite sandwich. Apparently Uh, her, her husband, Melissa McCarthy's husband has a picture of the sandwiches, which look like they're on some kind of baguette. Um, oh, is it is it a croque monsieur? No, it is not at all. It is not heated up at all. It's just on. Okay. It's just on baguette bread. Okay, and uh, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's ham and cheese. On Twitter, he says these are the sandwiches that Mooch Mooch. I guess is his nickname for her. I don't think he's talking about Scaramucci. Uh, <sighs> these are the sandwich that Mooch smuggled into the Golden Globes. We brought forty, left with two. We left with some happy customers. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Customers were they selling these sandwiches? <sighs> Okay. First of all, this is just so much here. How do they leave with two? Why don't they just leave them there? They're really taking... I mean, if they're bringing the sandwiches to the Golden Globes, not get taking, not getting rid of them all, selling them, giving them away, whatever, and taking them home, they really fucking love ham and cheese sandwiches. That's incredible. That's true. They didn't even throw away the two extra ones. They actually just brought them with them. Well, I mean, that's the versatility of the ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Number two, how much do you think these things sell for if they are selling them to celebrities? I mean, $100 a pop? $20 I mean, celebrities a pop? are pretty out of touch. You could just be like, yeah, these are these are $700 sandwiches. And Jessica Chastain <laughs> would be like, all right, no problem, I guess. That sounds about right. Wait, how about this? Do you think she's exchanging sandwiches for favors, like, is she going to next year appear in a Jessica Chastain movie? We're going to be like, what? Why is Melissa McCarthy in this, like, <laughs> dramatic true. role? It's true. It's true. It's true. Suddenly she's going to be in uh, in Zero Dark Thirty Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be, like, the lead Part of person. Team 7. Yeah. <laughs> she, like, busts through the door. <laughs> <laughs> the ham and cheese, man. That's how you grease the wheels in Hollywood. I mean, it's – I mean, to this whole podcast point, though – and and – I, I think even going back to what she said, next year she'll try hot dogs. I honestly think a hot dog's a mistake. I think the ham and cheese is the right move. Hot dog, think about it. If if you've had a cold hot dog, Joe, it's disgusting. It's true. No one wants a cold hot dog. And hot dog has the problem where part of it wants to be hot and the other part of it sort of, you know, the bun you want to be warm, but whatever the bun is. But you have this this problem where if the, the hot dog's in there too long, it gets soggy. 
if uh, you know it's cold, it's disgusting. What what is condiment? Is she gonna have little ketchup packets with her? Is she gonna have mustard packets? Oh, you gotta bring around like a bucket of relish. It's too much work. Too much. She work. Uh, don't even get me started on the sauerkraut. I mean, that takes a long time to pickle. Okay, you know we have we have a we have a decent size fan base. If anyone out there knows knows Melissa McCarthy, knows her husband, knows whoever this Mooch character is. If you know Jessica <laughs> Chastain or wait, or their is agents, it Mooch Melissa McCarthy. I don't know, Dan. I, we don't know. We don't know. Look, whoever Mooch is, someone warn them. Just say, look, just stick with the ham and cheese. You found the crowd favorite. Stick with ham and cheese. I mean, the hot dog would be such a mistake after them. And I mean, they just got to read their, their success here. You come in with 40 sandwiches, you leave with two. A, you You've should done be something leaving right. with the two. But you're selling 38 sandwiches here. I mean, honestly, if the Golden Globes is the who's who of Hollywood which I've been led to believe it is. She's getting 38 sandwiches out there. That's 38 connections to all these different people. That is, I mean, it's probably the biggest networking success she's going to have all year. And it's all created by the ham and cheese. Don't don't switch it up. That's right. That's right. And And if you do switch it up, maybe in this podcast, maybe that'll be the way we judge, you know, the do I look cool eating it? Could you eat this on the red carpet at the Golden Globes? Well, I actually just had a thought, Joe. Hollywood, though, dominated by Jews. It's could, true. Could, it's true. Could the ham and cheese be a mistake? And if you replace that, I mean, I don't think the hot dog's the right move, but Joe, Hebrew National kosher hot dog? I think within this podcast series, we'll find the best red carpet sandwich. Uh, I yeah. don't know that it's the ham and cheese, but I, I the Hebrew National hot dog could be good, but, but I... I think there's a condiment problem. I don't. I don't like a naked hot dog. I want condiments. I think a yeah. lot of people do. You can, you're not. You're not having a naked, and you can't. You can't pre-put the condiment on a hot dog because people like different. Every, if you ask everybody, what ratio of ketchup to mustard to whatever do they put on their hot dog? Every single person has a different preference. And there's a heating problem. There really is. I mean, right? Like, like. You can't have a cold hot dog. And what's she going to do? Have like a grill with her? I mean, yeah, she's going to have one of those little uh, hot dog you know, things they have in New York City. The little rolling cart. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, that would be pretty cool. But, you know, and certainly she could afford to do it. But but that really just ups your cost. And then and then how much is she, is she selling the hot well, dogs Well, I mean, for? Joe, honestly, it's a permitting issue, too. I don't know what the <laughs> kind of permits you need to have one of those on the red carpet. OK, now we have not not one, but two Patriot themed stories here. <sighs> the hated Patriots against your formerly beloved Chargers, Joe. So apparently Tom Brady, before he was a health nut, and they have a picture of a chubby Tom Brady here. There's his, his draft picture where he looks <laughs> like he should never be in the NFL. Quote, Brady was hardly the epitome of health conscious eater. He often stopped at a pizza house not far from Gillette, where his happy meal was a ham and cheese grinder with onion rings washed down with orange soda. That was the old Brady. Wow. That is, I mean, the ham and cheese, again, from a health perspective, I actually think it's fine. I don't yeah, think I it's think, that bad. I think this article is unfairly blaming the ham and cheese for his chubbiness. I mean, you add orange soda and onion rings to that. I think the ham and cheese is fine, honestly. Like, this is the thing. Like, um, uh, my lovely fiance, technically... Or not technically, whatever. It's too complicated to get into. She is is very health conscious. But then I ask her, like, what is a healthy thing to eat? And she has no answer to that question. Because I think 
a lot of people don't know what actually is the healthiest thing. Like, obviously, um, depending on what your health goals are, there are different things you could be aiming for. But I think I don't think anybody knows, oh, this percentage of protein, this percentage of fat, this percentage of carbs is what you want. I mean, again, it's different for everybody, but, like, I can tell you, though, like, greasy fried, like, onion rings and just empty sugar and orange soda like the ham and cheese sandwich is like fat and protein and stuff absolutely i think it's by far the best part of his meal and honestly for what he's going for it might be a good thing to eat okay so second patriot story dan and the last of our celebrity uh bing search here so julian edelman and at first when i saw this julian edelman i thought it was saying that he served ham and cheese sandwiches at his baby shower, which maybe he did that, you know, to feed his friend Tom Brady. But apparently it wasn't his baby shower. It was the supermodel who claimed that he was the father of her child, which he denied. Uh, so so she Wait, was... what? This, he served ham and cheese at a no, baby shower? <laughs> he wasn't even there. It's just uh, she's, she's suing him for paternity as of... Uh, 2016. So I imagine this has been a settled issue. Um, but, but apparently she served reportedly $10,000 worth of ham and cheese on croissant though. So, you know, take that for, is, is that a croque monsieur now? I don't know. Ham and cheese. Well, at if, this it baby was, shower. if it was heated, then I think it would be, I think it would, it would have to be heated. $10,000 ham and cheese croissants and mini beef Wellington. So Maybe we save this one for the Croque Monsieur episode because I think once it's on a croissant, I have to guess that they're heating it. Uh, to be honest, I also think she uh, she sort of got ripped off there. But you know, <laughs> you know the, the, these baby showers—they're they're sort of a big scam. That that's too much for for ham and cheese. The other thing you know we didn't get into was the cost. The ham and cheese sandwich—a very economical sandwich. Yeah, you know, I mean, either as... she got like basically like five thousand ham and cheese sandwiches. And it was a really big baby shower, or she got ripped I mean, off. I've yeah. been to some baby showers before. Now, it's not, I guess, too common for men to be, but I think it's becoming more of a thing that baby showers are like these just general parties where everybody's invited. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm in uh, San Francisco where things are a little different. But uh, it's really not that many people, like 20 or 30 people maximum at these uh, these events. So, I mean, these must have been some damn good ham and cheese sandwiches is the, is the point. Well, also, maybe if you're a supermodel, you just have, like, way more friends. <laughs> That's – okay. Probably both those things are true, though, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, look, I would say this is a pretty successful celebrity Bing search. The fact that Tom Brady likes the ham and cheese – but I'm sure he doesn't. I mean, with the new Tom Brady TB12 method, I highly doubt ham and cheese – well, I'm sure onion rings and orange soda are no longer part of that. I think he like there are certain vegetables he doesn't eat because he's like crazy. He only eats certain ones. There's no way he's eat, <laughs> yeah. having onion rings or orange soda. But but once he retires, it's going to be ham and cheese time. <laughs> you know, if it's his, I, I think once he retires, it's going to be onion ring time. <laughs> Was Tom Brady at the Golden Globes? I don't even know. <sighs> well, he's preparing for a football game, so <laughs> probably not. Yeah, that would have been a bad choice. Because he would have, you know, loaded up on the ham and cheese there. I mean, Joe, but between now and our next podcast, this the, the Patriots are going to have played your beloved 
San Diego, formerly San Diego. The best part about watching Charger games is, like, inevitably, the broadcaster, they like, San Diego gets mentioned, like, five times per game. And it's like... They can't Tony help Ro- but call them the San Diego Chargers. I know. Tony Romo is broadcasting the game, and he's like, oh, what a great play by the San Diego... Oh, and he, like, he, like corrected himself, like, on air because he's just, <laughs> just, like, so annoyed. Like, everybody hates it. it Look, if, Dan, ugh. you know my long-suffering fandom... It was and the first how, season of our podcast. How much I get, you know, just with every team I love, I'm just constantly getting kicked in the teeth. I know, based on that track record, the Chargers will 100% win the Super Bowl this year. There's no doubt in my mind. I, you, you might as well put money on it. It is inevitable. You know how I knew it was going to happen? When in uh, the, the last week of the playoffs, the Chargers kicker outperformed the best kicker in the league. I was like, oh, my God. The yeah. Chargers have a kicker now. And then, of course, like, this is all part of the storyline, Joe. Like, you and I believe in storyline. They're going to play the Patriots in New England. This is exactly – this. It, it, it reverses the story back on their worst ever loss when they had their best team in New England came in and beat them. And so now this is exactly what they want. I mean, you know for the storyline to succeed – this is what they have to do. They have to go to New England, vanquish the Patriots. Why, in- why, are, we, why, are, we, why are we talking about? I don't. I don't. I said I didn't want to talk. I don't. I don't want to talk. I'll just say this: I'm happy for Philip Rivers. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, and his many children, which I'm sure he eats lots of ham and cheese sandwiches. And now, if, if he brings, he has so many kids. If he brings thirty ham and cheese sandwiches home, he's only leaving with two. <laughs> Definitely, that's how many kids he has. No, he's not leaving with any. Therefore, and if they're anything like him, if they're going to grow into like six, five, like giant beasts, I mean, they're eating a lot of ham and cheese sandwiches. Now, Joe, at the end of every podcast, we take our ham and cheese sandwich, our metaphorical ham and cheese sandwich, and we're slapping it on the cutting board, Joe. The ham and cheese is on the cutting board. It is up and the choice must be made. What is to be done with this ham and cheese? And Dan, what's our decision? Where did the where do we put the ham and cheese? Well, Joe, if we like the ham and cheese between you and me, we're going to put it on the menu. But if we don't like the ham and cheese, Joe, we take it off the the cutting board, lift it up straight into the compost bin. It's gone, lost, forgotten, never to be come back to again. Although I guess we could come back to it again years from now yeah but i mean you know never we're gonna make up the rules as we go yeah well that's pretty much the idea the entire <laughs> podcast but joe ham and cheese on the cutting board it's going one of two places in the compost bin or on the menu dan why don't you go first i'm still mulling it over okay joe ham and cheese more like bland and cheese joe this sandwich is fine it's fine. But I'll tell you, Joe, if I was hungry and somebody gave me a ham and cheese, I would eat it. I would be satisfied. But if I am making myself a sandwich, when I go to the supermarket, I have the choice of what I want to get. I don't have to get ham. I can get whatever meat I want. I can get whatever condiments I want, although not lettuce, as I've previously described. I would not get ham. I There are things that other types of meats, which I like more than ham. There are other types of sandwiches, which I think are better than this. Yes, it's simple to make, but there are, as far as I'm concerned, other simple to make sandwiches that are better than this. I respect its status as an all-American classic. Again, if I were handed one, as long as it didn't have an American cheese, 
I would not throw it away. I would eat it. But for me, all of the great things it has going for it just aren't enough to overcome the fact that it's just a bland, indifferent sandwich. In the world of sandwiches, we can do better. I say throw it in the compost bin. Huh. Well, Dan, the first episode, and we may have a disagreement on our hands, but I'm going to have to say ham and cheese more like ham and Z's because this ham and cheese sandwich is just, <laughs> it's putting me to sleep. You know, look, look, I, I enjoyed the ham and cheese, but you can't, you can't have your favorite sandwich be a ham and cheese. It's like asking someone what their favorite ice cream is. And they're like, I like vanilla, but, but not vanilla bean. Cause it's too crazy for me. It's just, it's just, it's just too hey, boring. Don't come at vanilla. <laughs> like vanilla. <laughs> it's just, it's too boring. It's too plain. You know, look, Will I make a ham and cheese sandwich again? Absolutely. Will I use the ham in my fridge? Totally. But it's not – you have to be special to get onto the menu and to get a shot at being the sandwich that we pick at the end of this podcast. And I just don't think the ham and cheese, the plain, ordinary ham and cheese is going to make it. To win the Lombardi – Lombard cheese the, <laughs> Let's Let's keep workshopping that. <laughs> the ham and cheese goes for me – Dan, I have to agree, into the compost bin. All right. I don't have a sound effect for that yet. I <laughs> just, just have to assume I played a great sound effect. Look, it's the only first episode. What do you want? That's it. Ham and cheese sandwich straight into the compost bin. Joe, before we go home, before we uh, uh, our cutting board cleared off, before we, uh, we, we actually figure out what uh, gets on the cutting board for the next week, we are going to... Open up the lunch pail, Joe. What's it? What's the lunch pail, Dan? Well, inside the lunch pail, we've got our questions asked by our wonderful listeners. Do we have a lunch pail sound effect yet? No, no. <laughs> it's the first episode, Joe. I, I don't well, even hopefully... know if lunch pails. I don't think they make sounds. Creak. Yeah, it's sort of like that spring thing. Anyways, this our this week's lunch pail comes from none other than Superfan Tony, who asked. What is the appropriate order for constructing or stacking the ingredients in a sandwich? That's a great question, Tony. It's it's almost the the most important question in sandwich making, and I you know I actually have a story for to answer this question. Yeah, you I, shared some insight with me that I think was actually really helpful that I did try with my ham and cheese sandwich. So yeah, why don't you go ahead? As some research for this podcast, there's a, a sandwich place I normally go to once a week and, and get sandwiches at it. Uh, in San Francisco, they make great sandwiches, and I, I'm uh, somewhat good friends with the owner. And every time he's there, I'll, I'll sort of talk with him. You know, he's lived in San Francisco a long time. He knows uh, talks about San Francisco history, and he knows a lot about sandwiches. And I sort of told him we were doing a podcast about sandwiches, and he owns a sandwich shop. You know, it's multiple locations. The man knows his sandwiches, and he said one thing he does with every new employee who comes to work at his shops is he makes them a sandwich, and then he says, eat this sandwich one way, you know, eat this sandwich, take one bite out of it with the sandwich one direction, then flip it upside down and take a bite of it the other direction. And if you do this at home, and I highly recommend you do, you will see the sandwich does taste demonstrably different. It the And his point to his employees was, 
he has a specific order in which the uh, sandwiches should be made. The the specific levels of where the, the particular vegetables, the condiments, the meats, all of it goes. And he's basically saying you can't half-ass it because the sandwiches don't taste as good if they're not made in the right order. And I honestly completely agree with him. And, and I mean, you said you did this test. Well, you know, did you have a, a similar experience? So I tried it with the one that I got out and I would say it, it tasted, it did, it tasted wrong when you, when you flipped it upside down, like there was a right way to construct that sandwich, which was, I mean, if I should say, I, I mean, I think this is a fairly standard way to do it. So it's not going to break any bread, but I think you put the bread, you put a little bit of like your mayo or mustard, whatever condiment you're using on the bottom and then meat and then cheese and then veggies on top and then mayo, mustard, whatever on the top of the bread. Boom. There you go. And that's how this sandwich was constructed. And I would say anything else, even as small as the lettuce being under the cheese would have been weird. Oh, I think that I, I think there are like practical concerns for a sandwich. Now, if I'm making a sandwich that I'm making in the morning, I would eat later in the day. I would not put the mayo on the bread because then I think the bread will get soggy. But if it's a sandwich I'm going to eat right away, I do like the mayo on the bread. So I think it, this is one aspect of this podcast I'm very excited about is questions like this mm-hmm. because I think there are a million answers to this question. I think it is very clear that the standard sandwich... And it's sandwich dependent, too, of course. It's absolutely sandwich dependent. But I do think the the classic sandwich normally has the meat at the bottom. And, I, I mean, where the mayo goes or where the condiments go, I think is a matter for debate. Some people put it on the bread. Some people put it on the meat. Some people put it... You can put it below the meat. You can put it on top of the meat. I think it makes the sandwich different depending on where you put it. Oh, I mean, if you put the mayo on the meat, I think you're a monster. The whole point of the condiment is to is to enhance the bread, not the meat. Wow. I mean, well, I'll, as somebody who loves mayo, I actually put mayo in both places. <laughs> well, so. I mean, Dan, we should announce that, I mean, in other episodes, we will have our experiment corner when we go to the sandwich lab. And, and I mean, I, I honestly think for a topic like this, we may spend an entire episode in the sandwich lab. We have to go to the sandwich and, lab and, and test out some, I mean, mayo on meat versus mayo on bread. That, that's an experiment just waiting to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's a great question, Tony. And I think it's, it's absolutely something that as this podcast series develops, you know, we'll have a better answer to. But Great, great lunch pail contribution, Tony. Thank you. Absolutely great lunch pail. And, and Joe... One last series of business before we go. We need to pick next week's sandwich. And so, Joe, the way this is going to work is we have a sandwich picking wheel at joepickspod.com slash wheel. Okay. I'm going to go to this right now. Yeah, you should. So, Joe, tell me when you've got it there. So, the way this is going to work is 45% of the wheel is me. 45% 45% of the wheel is Joe, and 10% of the wheel is the listeners. And we are going to spin the wheel, and whoever it lands on gets to pick what the next sandwich we do is. So, Dan, what are you going to pick? Should we say before what we would pick, or only until... No, no. Okay, o- okay. Only okay. when the pressure's on. Okay. So you're on, you see the wheel? I see the wheel. I hope it doesn't land on listeners, because we don't have any yet. Tell me it should say a spin is upcoming, it Joe. It's spin upcoming. I'm ready. Whoa, it's spinning. It's All right, spinning. let's see. We need a spinning sound effect. Ching, 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 ching. It landed on me. 
Wow. It, I mean, wow. This is it, Joe. The The first pick is you. And by the way, thank God it's not the listeners because this podcast literally isn't on Apple Podcasts yet and won't be for a long time because they have to approve it. Technically, and, I, I'm the only listener right now. So had it landed on no. that, it would have been, been just fine. I, I, yeah, I guess it, it would have been okay. <laughs> All right, Dan. I'm glad it landed on me because I feel like with the ham and cheese, we did something that is so basic. I mean, literally, the only ingredients are in the name of the sandwich. And it's sort of boring. I want to pick something that mixes things up, isn't just a meat, but is actually a, like, salad. I want to um, pick something that is open-faced to really stretch the boundaries. I'm going to pick the famous tuna melt. Wow. The tuna melt and the open face sandwich. Boy, that's going to open a whole host of conversation next time. And we're moving to a hot sandwich, sandwich too. I'm excited. And a hot sandwich. (sighs) Joe, I love me a good tuna melt. So this is, I mean, I can't wait for next episode. I'm going to go make a tuna melt right now. All right. Well, Joe, time to put the bread away until next week. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash Picks. If you want to talk about what we got wrong or got right with the ham and cheese sandwich, or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the tuna melt, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePicks.com. Special thanks to superfan Josh for research. His book, Red Meat Republic, is on bookshelves everywhere this May and is available for pre-order on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Also, thanks to superfan Jeff for the theme song. Wait, he didn't write the theme song. We don't have it yet. Okay, well. (laughs) Thanks for nothing, Jeff. (laughs) Leave us a five-star review, five-star rating on the iTunes store so others can find this podcast. Joe, see you next week. Dan, it's been great. We need the outro music. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it.